Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. My air conditioning's loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome like, to Grand Moff Tarkin. Are you doing it? Am I doing it? Who's doing it? You're doing it. Welcome to Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> Delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley and Jake. That's me. That's him. Uh, together again. Together again. At long last. We, we've had plans to record this day for a while. Mm-hmm. And we've been excited. We had you know like what was a weird? list of... We set this day aside before yeah. we even did our first podcast. <laughs> that is true. This is a big This one's one. been on the books for a while. I know 100 was big, <laughs> but 100 more. This is going to be massive. We knew. Somehow we knew it would just be the two of us on this day, even back when the podcast started. We figured by this point, we can kind of get those other guys out of here. Yeah, well, we can get it the we way we want it, which is just us two who don't know each other. Exactly. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was our goal all along. Yes. Uh, but no, we've had this planned for a while, and we were going to do like three, four, five episodes, perhaps. Perhaps. And then Ugh. my cousin surprised me with the fact that he's getting married ding, ding, ding. this love evening. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. And it's ringing a bell. So... <laughs> That's what love does. Yep. Famously. So I am. Uh, That's famous. We're only going to record a couple episodes. Yeah. This doesn't affect you at all because you're listening to this episode I right now. I don't even know why we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like I felt like informing the listeners of my life and what's going on. And I thought well, they might want to know. I thought they might want to know I'm going to be at a wedding later tonight. You know what? We do tend to update our audience on weddings. Yeah, that's true. Last one was mine. Yep. This and time it's my cousin. Yeah. Shout out to Rex. He doesn't Shout listen. Shout out. Wait, Rex or Rex? Like the Rex. old Arby's. Okay. Rex. Like the dinosaur. Okay, good. <laughs> That's cool. Is his last it, name Reptar? No, but his first name is Timothy. But he no, goes by not. Rex. So he is T-Rex. That's uh, not fair. But his dad is also a Tim. So they just called him Rex since birth, even though he is Tim Jr. T-Rex is pretty legit. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is we have a new addition to our family. Oh, let's talk about it. We do. And uh, this is a Star Wars-themed new member of our family. (laughs) We uh, adopted a kitten today. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was just love at first sight with this kitty, man. We went to the shelter yesterday. He's got big ears. I like the big ears. Yes, it's a girl, but thank you. She's got the big ears. I like the big ears. I know. She really does. She, like, immediately came up and just was like, Staring at us wide-eyed and, like, following us around. Mm, so it just felt like a this, sign. Is, this yeah. is the one. And so at dinner yesterday, uh, me and Christina were sitting around, and she's like, we should do a Star Wars name. I was like, yeah. So we, like, went around. We liked Hera. Mm, that's um, a good one. We're thinking, like, Mara or, like, Jade or something like that. She's, I said Jin. She said no, and then we look at each other, and at the same time we said Urso, <laughs> and then we like high fived in the middle of uh, Max and Irma's. Are you, <laughs> are you afraid that people will think that you named this cat after Galen or Urso? I am terrified of that. I mean, it could happen, which is why we put a little sign around her neck that says, <laughs> "I am named after Jin." <laughs> Good. Good. It's it's nice to clarify things. It was funny. We texted my aunt that who's also a Star Wars fan. She's like, "Oh, I would have gone with like Lyra," and I was like, "God, that is a good Lyra is pretty cat. good." Crap. Yeah. Well, next one. Yeah, That'll right. be Lyra. Next one you can name Krennic. Good but boy. We liked Urso because we have Echo and now Urso. Echo and Urso. That, and does, now, that does work very I've well. I've covered my bases of my two biggest fandoms, Lost and Star Wars, <laughs> and I personified them in the form of cats. Uh, and that's the end of the show. I think we covered that's everything it. we wanted to talk that's, about. Well, thank you. Join us again next Weddings week. Weddings and cats. 
We didn't go with uh, Star Wars names for our cats because I've noticed. Yeah, we went with Hobbs and Scout. Those are good names, though. They're good names. However, because this is a Star Wars podcast, I think Urso is the official patron cat of yeah. our show. Now, to be fair, Jasmine, who is no longer on the show, but she oh. does have a cat named Wedge. Yeah, she does. And she had it before. She had it before. Before me. Urso. Yeah, that's but, right. But I think on a technicality, because she's no longer a host, Ooh. I think that that Urso gets to be the, the cat now. Host in our hearts forever, though. Host in our hearts. I saw her last night. Hey, that's nice. Yeah. That means that she's alive and You know well. what? Good news. She said she missed being on the podcast. Ooh. So if things clear up in her life and she gets a little less busy, I think she we should get her back. She said that in Discord, too. Yeah, so. Maybe by the time the new video game comes out. I, I'm hoping at least by the time episode nine comes out. Well, we got to get the gang back We got to get the nine. gang back for that. I don't even. I will set up a kidnapping scenario. <laughs> We will. Right. I'll be like, I'll drive us all to the movies. Yeah. And they're like, do you normally drive this big of a van? <laughs> With like, no windows? With no windows in a studio in the back? And you have a couple thugs in there who are pulling us in? Is that normal? <laughs> and you're driving to a recording studio? <laughs> That's weird. Even though you also, I've already established, have a studio in the back of your van? <laughs> like, yeah, well, we have to have a backup. You gotta have a backup. Um, And yeah, so I'll, we'll do that. Yeah. I don't, hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this one. I think she still one. listens. <laughs> yeah, she does. We'll bleep this so out. anyway, yeah, I'll bleep that whole th- that whole thing will just be one long bleep. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Riley? Well, today we're talking about a book that we have both read? Question mark. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, to a certain degree. To a certain degree, we have read this book. It is called Alphabet Squadron. Cue the theme. A B C D E F G. <laughs> the Alphabet Squadron theme well, sounds great. Be the Alphabet song. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> no work for me. I like that. There I'm just going to get the alphabet song. Yeah, drag and drop. Um, you always have it on hand. I always have case. that song on hand. Right. I've used that song before. I feel like I've used the ABC song for something. You did. What did you use it for? It was a blooper, yeah. I think. And I don't remember why. It was. Oh, fan right in. Fan right in if you us. remember why we used the alphabet song before. For example, like our fan Rob who emailed us. Oh, let's read that real quick. Yeah. Because spoilers, we did not finish this book. We did not finish it. But and we... not because the book is bad, but just... Yeah. Well, okay. No, it's not bad at all, no. <laughs> so uh, we're just trying to stretch this episode out. Stretch. <laughs> um... So let's read an email. <laughs> At the top of the show, like everyone loves. Oh, my God. I've never gotten any comments that people don't like it. I just have to assume that it's annoying that we read emails I just at the don't beginning. like it when other podcasts yeah, do it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to skip past the email. If you specifically hate that we do this, let us know. We probably won't change, but... I'm going to tell you what. The only person that emails us is Rob, and he has never said that he hates that we read he his emails. He probably likes that we're reading <laughs> it first thing. he is a fan. Yeah. Email us at grandmoftalking at gmail.com if you want to be the second person to ever write us an email. (laughs) No disrespect to all of those two. We absolutely got more emails with people, but you know, these are the only good ones. Not lately. What have you done for us lately? Yeah. If you used to write in, Mm -hmm. shoot us another email. Please. Would it hurt? If you have arthritis, maybe. I have arthritis in my thumb now. There's another update on my life. Do you want to know a sad thing? Yeah. I So I have carpal tunnel, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do some drawing this morning, and it my hand kept going numb. Oh, that's bad. That's yeah, a I, bad thing to happen. It was unpleasant. Yeah. And I realized that my life is becoming a shell of what it used to be. You're getting close to 30, bud. That's right. Yeah. Oh. All of this is going to be cut. We're going to start with this email right here. Yeah. Which is from... 11th time, Rob. 11th time. Wow. He always helpfully 
I'm glad keeps he track. keeps track because yeah. he knows that we cannot. No, it, we can't remember anything from our show. Yeah. What's up, guys? Happy 100 plus episodes. I just wanted to take a minute and talk about how fun or how much fun Rogue One is as a movie. I like this email already. It's a good email. I've only seen it a couple times, so it hasn't fully sunk in for me to appreciate it, but I think that as a non-saga movie, it holds up really well. On this recent walkthrough, I realized the music is spot on with a John Williams-esque feel, and a space battle at the end literally had me cheering out loud for the Rebels. It amazes me that they got... I forgot how to breathe partway through reading that, and I was like, what am I doing? I don't remember <laughs> when to read and breathe. It amazes me that they got the look of A New Hope down in a movie that came out 40 years later. This movie doesn't seem to be talked about like it has been pushed under the rug, but it is up there in my ranking of the Star Wars movies. Now that we are a few years removed from this movie being in theaters, how often do you find yourself watching it in your rotation of Star Wars movies, and do you like it more or less than when you saw it in theaters? Thanks, 11th time Rob. This is uh, a good question. This is a good question. I think part of the reason why this movie kind of gets... shoved under the rug as he said mm-hmm. is because it is so good yes that now it just feels like it feels like one like people don't really talk about the original trilogy as much as they do like newer stuff too because it's just right. like that's just the established great these are the great movies this is what star wars is we don't really have to say much about them and i feel like rogue one kind of easily slipped into that where it's just yeah. like this is an established movie it's really good we don't have anything else to say about it we did some recent rankings like the last time we did it like with jasmine and um rogue one was the one that was like this could be number one or at the bottom because i watch it the least yeah but every time i watch it i'm like this might be the best star wars movie i almost watched it today just because it's a movie that it is it is so good i watch empire kind of the least too just because Mm -hmm. it feels like an event like i don't just like pop in like the best movies of all time just to like have on in the background yeah like i don't just pop in the godfather <laughs> no or citizen kane no or rogue one yeah exactly <laughs> the three greatest the, the three movies greatest ever made american films right vertigo <laughs> the last jedi i, I mean I, honestly i do but honestly i would say that listen you know, i but you know what though i do put on the last jedi a lot yeah. i think because it's more fun like there's more silliness in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One is very serious all the time. Yes. Um, uh, which is not to say that there's not lighthearted moments, because there, there are. There are, but... it. I agree. I think it feels the most like the original trilogy out of all the new movies we've gotten. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, Solo has grown on me so much. Solo, so I good. honestly... I watched that one a lot. Yeah. I put that one on... That kind of Pretty is frequently. out of the out of the new ones. Solo is probably the one I just pop on because it's just a fun adventure. You don't have to think about it too hard. I've, you just sort of play it, or and it's like it's great. I've never turned around harder in a Star Wars movie than that. <laughs> I mean, I've never disliked a Star Wars movie until I saw Solo. Even then, I was yeah. like, it was really just okay, and I didn't understand that feeling at the time. I was like, yeah, oh, I was like, I've never walked weird. out of a Star Wars movie and felt like yeah. I didn't love it. But boy, it, it caught up. Yeah, it caught up to the rest of them. Yeah, Rogue One is so good that I never watch it. <laughs> it well, it is. It's kind of a movie where you there's just a cloud hanging over your head the whole time you're watching it, because even though it's expertly done, it's like it ends on a kind of major bummer. Oh, like, I know. You know, yeah. it's just like there there's this cloud in every scene. You're like, oh, all these people are dead. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but 
the legacy that this movie leaves is really cool, I think. And it's it's happening more now. We're going to talk about it in Alphabet Squadron in a little bit. But yeah, Jen true. Erso gets a, a name drop in oh, Alphabet yes. Squadron. Yes. And so I think it's it's um this movie, more than anything, especially because of the era that it's in, it's is the era that is being explored in other media right now as far as like books and video games and things like that. So that's why you got like Saul Guerrero coming up in Fallen Order, Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. And <laughs> it's going to happen a bunch. And uh, while you have Jyn Erso, uh, cam- like not really a cameo, but kind of in Alphabet Squadron. So it's just like right. we're we I think we're going to get to the point where we're exploring the legacy of Rogue One more as things go along, because that's just the era we're talking about in other media right now. Yep. Saw has been in everything now. Yeah. He is. Saw's you know, everywhere. Rebels and fallen jedi fallen. order fallen <laughs> jedi order and, fallen star wars <laughs> star wars <laughs> and uh we're getting a cassian show i mean I, yeah it's just a very good movie but yeah and i agree with the score i really think mm. it's it's one of my favorite scores good score. it's just not john williams but, but i mean it's good who cares it's, it's good. good it's good i do like it more than the solo score oh, i love the solo score it's but I, I understand the solo score feels feels less star wars yeah. i think it's intentional but it does feel right. it does feel less star wars and and rogue one sits along the other star wars scores just as as you know it just fits with them what i wonder the most what i'd be most interested in seeing I, i'm really obsessed with i, I want to know more about how it was developed i want to know about all the changes and what was reshot and changed yeah. specifically how much was tony gilroy or is he just talking out of his butt and right he didn't actually do that much Ugh, man the greatest writer in the world, Tony Gilroy. <laughs> um, I, I want to know that, and I also want to hear Alexander Desplat's oh, score because yeah. I have to think that it would really change the feel of that movie mm-hmm. if it was scored like the Godzilla movies. Or Isn't something. it a shame that corporate co- corporations will never like reveal their weird secrets, especially someone like Disney? Yeah, like, I, know. I don't think we're ever going to know. I'll be surprised if we ever know the real story of, of like the director stuff behind Rogue One. And I will be uh, like, it just won't happen that we'll ever hear the display score. That'll never happen. We'll never hear it. We'll never know exactly what Lord Miller did. The only way we'll hear it, I think, is if he pulls a, um, who's, who's the guy who did um, uh, the Halo series, um, Martin. Oh, the score. Yeah, the music for the I Halo don't know. series. Oh, I can't remember his name. He also did Destiny, yeah. and after Destiny one, he had a falling out with Bungie, and um, he just kind of released it all, right? He just kind of released his like original score for Destiny that they yeah. that they later changed, and then it like got taken down. But like that's the only way we're gonna get it is if Alexander Desplá like. <laughs> has a falling out and he's just like, well, I'm done making movies. Here's the score I did for Rogue One. I know. That's the only way it's going to come out. I want to hear Junkie XL score for Justice League. Yeah. There's a lot. It, it's there's It happens a, a lot. Yeah, where it does. Where a person comes in and scores an entire movie and they're like, nah, we're not going to use this. <laughs> yep. It's just it's crazy. Crazy. It's a it's lot crazy. of work. I want to know the secrets of Rogue One. I do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it has to be in like an expose now. It has to be the secretive thing that is released in some Vanity Fair piece. Yeah. Whereas George Lucas was just like, yeah, you can come and make a documentary mm-hmm. and make me look bad. Make I a don't book care. And, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, like he like that Phantom Menace documentary is still pretty amazing. And like 
They the leave in the awkward moments where you're just like people are. You can see people are like kind of quite like yeah. You see people questioning him. You, like there's a really good scene where like he comes in and he pitches the idea of like instead of using two different takes, I want to do an experiment where we take a composite of both takes, blend them together with CG so that you can't tell. And like George walks out of the room and the guy's just like sitting in his chair <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he's like i just don't know what this means for movies if we can start doing this he's like what kind of precedent does this set it's crazy yeah. like what what is what is editing anymore right it's just like this bewildered guy he's like doesn't understand and they just the leave world that in anymore there. it's yeah. great disney now you don't really get so much of that no you're gonna get and the, we're not like anti no we're disney not anti-disney it's just disney's a a different corporation than lucasfilm was yeah i and mean I think the movies speak for themselves in terms of quality, but I like the transparency. Yeah. Disney believes in Disney magic, where it's just like these That's these, true. these movies just magically happen. That's really true. And you can get the you can get the actors talking about how great it was to be on set and you can get the you can bring Ron Howard in to say, you know, yeah. we we came in and we we did a lot of stuff and it was really fun. And yep. that's like all you're going to get cuz it's magic. Are they going to go in the vault, you think? The Disney Vault? The Disney Vault? Yeah, I bet there I bet the the Alexander Displas scores in the Disney Vault as we speak. When you get your VHS copy of Rise of Skywalker, buy the rest of the trilogy before they get locked up in the Disney Vault. <laughs> yep. Man. I remember those previews at the front of like Peter Pan and like it would show like Beauty and the Beast like getting shut behind the vault. You'd be like, Oh, we have to get we it. We have to get it. I wonder if that actually worked. Like, do you think people yes. went out? That's crazy. It, it was notoriously very successful for them. Man, that would never work now, obviously, with streaming. It's just like people want it now they don't want to well disney plus is just gonna yeah. have all their stuff yep. to scream scream oh, whenever scream whenever you want <laughs> yeah monsters inc um <laughs> okay Th we are not even close to what we're <laughs> planned on talking about no but that was all kind of adjacent to the email thank you for sending the email <laughs> yes. rob thanks rob <laughs> um let's talk about alphabet squadron cue the theme let's talk about it <laughs> a b c d e f g so, this book, written by... Alexander Freed is the writer of this book. I've never... I was going to do some research, and I didn't, because it's Grand Moff Talkin'. Yeah. I don't know what else he's written. I don't think he's ever written a Star Wars book before. Did I he, don't know that he has. Did he have... I wonder if he had one of the uh, the short stories. I think in, he's done yeah. the short stories for, like, Force Awakens stuff. That is, like, their... That is their... Ticket, because there's been a several people from a um, certain point of view that have since gotten their own full book. Yes. I think they're just like, let's invite 40 authors on here, and the ones we really like, let's give them yeah. a book. It's like a Hunger Games, but the people don't know that it's that. I'm sure yeah. they actually do know, like, yeah. this is going to be good for me if I can yeah. knock this one out of the park. Yep. Look, a master and apprentice from a certain point of view. Yeah. Not that Claudia Gray wasn't writing Star Wars before. But right, but yeah, that, I mean, and then she makes a book called they're Master They're like, hey, what if you just did a lot more of this? This is good. <laughs> yep. Uh, Alexander Freed uh, is a good writer. I think this yeah. book is really well written. I agree. It feels uh, more prose heavy than a lot of Star Wars books. I think of like the Aftermath series, which is very minimalist in how it's written. So it's more punchy mm -hmm. and actiony, and this feels like those new Jedi Order books, yeah. where it's more wordy uh, and a little bit more character focused. Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's it's not good. there's not a whole lot of big plot in this. this no, I I, I did, threw me off. I did find out I didn't realize when I first started reading, but that this is a 
part one of a trilogy yeah of alphabet squadron which we've talked about where are the series in yeah. these new books yeah so here, here's here's another si- series and it, it makes sense because this book i um i didn't have enough time to finish it and i'm like three hours from the end i think and the squadron is still kind of like not gelling right yeah it and so takes i'm a like long time i'm like this before I realized it was a trilogy, I'm like, this is kind of weird because it's just nothing's <laughs> happening. Yeah. We're halfway through the book and they're not getting along yet. And I'm just like, this doesn't feel right. But now it makes more sense knowing that by the end of this book, they'll probably be a little more of a squadron. And then they'll probably have a big victory at the end. Big victory at the end. Don't and then... spoil it for the us people <laughs> yeah, who have read know, it. We don't know yet. We're podcasting about a thing we haven't finished reading. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, what is this terrible show? It's uh, it's always been bad. So do, true. Do we want to go through a little bit about? Yeah, let's talk about some of the characters. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I think, do the dramatis personae. Yeah, even though we don't know the ending of the book, I think we've got the characters down from how much sure. we've read. The main character is Yurika Quell. Yeah, great Star Wars. Oh name. man, this book is full of. Great I heard Star that Wars name names. and I was like, "Hey, yeah, good job, Alexander Free. That's mm-hmm. a good Star Wars name." And I like this character. I don't want to brag. Okay, but I did. Uh, I had a game of the mm. the Edge of the Empire RPG that I played with previous host Jasmine. Star Wars is in our brains. We've talked about and, this. And um, I my character's name was Quell. Mm. I don't want to brag. He was a Zabrak. So oh my god, um, you know we don't. There's a Zabrak in this book, is there not? Feelin. Oh, they look so similar. They look very similar. They both have the horns, but Feelins yeah. are. They don't have them on the top of their heads. Feeling groovy. The, the, <laughs> oh boy. Listen, uh, we got that person. Yeah. So there's there's Erica Quell. She is um, an ex Imperial. She left yes. after Operation or during Operation Cinder, which is interesting that they bring that in because that's a Battlefront Two thing. Yeah, that's um, um, that was like, I, I I mean I guess it was an aftermath too, wasn't it? Is that where it started, Operation Cinder? I don't know. It might have been mentioned there, but I don't think it was like fully fleshed out until Battlefront 2. Agreed. I but, think that's when it was fully fleshed out. Yeah. So Operation Cinder was Palpatine's, you know, plan if he died. <laughs> he just yeah. pretty much wanted the the remnants of the empire to destroy everything. Yeah. And that's pretty his much the whole operation. Yeah, his plan. contingency plan was to just It must okay, have been well, an empire's end then. That it must have been. Yeah. But he's just like, well, if I can't live, then the galaxy shouldn't live either. And but you wonder how that's going to tie into last Skywalker. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about reading all this Operation yeah, Cinder stuff. Back a lot. I'm like, so why do you want to tear everything down? Yeah, he's gonna. Oh. I had a theory last night, not related to Alphabet Squadron. I'm talking with Jasmine. What if Palpatine? Because he's back. We know he's back. Our boy's back. And in what form? We don't know. I'm going to assume he's some type of force ghost. I'm going to assume that he's one of those wolves. I hope they don't bring him back as a clone. That would I, be disappointing. What if he's just one of the AI floating red robot droids from the Aftermath series? Okay, maybe I'd be into that. I wouldn't hate it. Because I, I love the way that they yeah. interpreted them in Battlefront. Yeah, those are kind of cool. They look cool. Yeah. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, what if, what if Palpatine is just someone who's been around for a long time? What if Palpatine was Snoke? As as far as like inhabiting Snoke's body, and then Snoke's gone, Palpatine's released, and he's coming back now to try and inhabit somebody else. What if that's a thing? Well, do we want to get into a potential spoiler corner? 
Uh, no, because I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers for episode nine. Okay, good. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's unclear if it's yeah. like true or not, but that is one of the big rumors is that, that Snoke was kind of his puppet. And that's going to mm-hmm. be the reason why we hear that big statement of the Emperor's theme when he's like like holding Rey in the air. Yeah. Um, and that he now needs a new host in episode nine. That's kind of the mm. that's kind of the rumor. I don't know if that's true, but I like that rumor. Like the dual like the dual storyline of like the physical war- world, our heroes fighting the villains, and then if we can get like the force realm with Luke trying to yes. hold the pal- hold Palpatine back from getting someone else. This is what I need. I need it. It's what I have wanted since <sighs> Luke was dead. Yeah, ever since he was <laughs> ever dead. Ever since he was dead. <laughs> And but I would really love that, and I think that Last Jedi, ha- from interviews with JJ, has kind of encouraged him to get a little weirder. Oh, please get weird. The fact that Palpatine's back means it has to get a little. Yeah, weird. it's gonna get weird because that dude was dead. He was dead for a long, long time, and there was no sign of him in in seven and eight. Misa no seeing him for a long, long time. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but like it, it is crazy. Like there's no mention of him, and like. Vader is a prominent character in Force Awakens just because of Kylo's obsession with him. Right. But like Palpatine, I just didn't think about him until the trailer for episode nine because he was gone. Mm-hmm. And now he's not gone. I think it's going God, Star to. Star Wars rules. Oh, it's going to really repaint the rest of this yeah. sequel trilogy. I I hope it's good. Is this. What do you what do you call a nineology? Nonology. Nonology. Is the Star Wars nonology secretly about Palpatine? <laughs> I it cannot be the nonology. <laughs> but I I mean kind of, right? Yeah. It really does the prequels really reframed mm-hmm. the importance of the Emperor. Yeah. He really was not that important until Return of the Jedi. Yeah. You saw him for one second in Empire. He was a monkey man. Yep. With yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. And he really isn't in Jedi that much. No. I bet if you count his screen time, he's probably only in it 20 minutes, but... Yeah, maybe. Those are good 20 minutes, but still, like... Solid 20. Yeah. But, yeah, now, because he is the person that seduced Anakin to the dark side, mm-hmm. who was actively trying to get Luke who to fall as possibly well, created the Skywalker lineage... Yes, if, if, he, like, if we are to believe yeah. what is implied in Revenge of the Sith... Yeah. That Anakin was created by Palpatine. So it, it the series might be about the Skywalkers, but the Skywalkers wouldn't be here without Palpatine, pretty much. Which means that he is the ultimate villain of Star Wars. Yeah. So I know that we are so off topic. <laughs> Erica Quell, we'll get back to her. It, yeah, we're still on the <laughs> character one of Omnibus Squadron. <laughs> I, love our, I love our show. Okay. So I, I, I often talk about Star Wars and the Legend of Zelda series. Mm-hmm. They are fandoms that I uh, am a part of. That's <laughs> not how I wanted to say that. I, I'm a huge fan of both. You've got your card for both, your your Zelda card That's and your right. Star Wars card. And yeah. my marriage license. Mm-hmm. All three stapled together. <laughs> the three most important things <laughs> in your life. That's right. Um, a very short flip book happens when you flip through them. Um, and the earliest canonical game in the Zelda series, although it was one of the more recent games, is Skyward Sword. And they kind of, in that, reframed Ganondorf, who's, like, always the main villain, to be this ancient entity of just pure evil. Mm-hmm. And they it kind of reframed every Zelda game as every century or however long it is, 
a new battle takes place. There will always be it's an endless an incarnation yeah. of Ganon. There will always be a Zelda. There will always be a Link. Uh, and basically, it always involves the destruction of one thing to destroy him, and it's just this endless cycle. And I feel like Star Wars is kind of becoming about that. Yeah, where this same evil keeps coming back, mm-hmm. and it has to be crushed, but it always comes at a great cost. And so I'm interested to see what if this is going to be the finale. What what is the cost of defeating Palpatine? Destroying the Force. I don't know <laughs> no! what to tell you. This is what Kotor Two is about. I know that Kotor Two is about that endless struggle between the light and the dark. And Kreia's only she, her only option she sees out of this situation is getting rid of the light and the dark, and getting yeah. rid of the Force. I don't think they're actually going to do that in you Episode can't Nine. Destroy the binding force of all life. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> they I have to know. like go hit the master switch in the forest. <laughs> oh, we turned it I off. Mean, if, Thank God. If midi chlorians are just little bacteria, you just take a vaccine. Get they rid all of them. Get, get, they're all brokey. <laughs> get rid of the midi chlorians, and then it's done. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I don't think that would work. <laughs> oh boy. Um, no, I. <laughs> I'm not. It's He's a joke. just joking. He it's works at a hospital. It's a kidding. <laughs> I. Um. Yeah. So I you're need. Gonna... <laughs> I need. But before we get to her, I need Star Wars to reflect on this cycle a little bit in this last movie. Like, Luke talked about it a little bit with Rey on the legacy of the Jedi Mm -hmm. and the legacy of failure. Um, But I need there to be a reflection on what this has all meant. Because I would agree that this trilogy has felt detached from the others. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think the prequels did until Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I agree. Felt pretty far away from all the three, prequels. All, the, all three are fairly standalone. Like it, it helps yeah. to have the context of the other ones, but like you don't really need it, honestly. Yeah, you could just watch like Return of the Jedi and enjoy it as a movie. Well, I just mean the trilogies as themselves. Like you could watch the oh. prequels without ever watching the original trilogies. Yeah, and, the, true. and they work. And I think the original, mm-hmm. obviously, they work together because yeah. that's all there was. And honestly, I. I haven't thought about this a whole lot, so maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you could sit down at The Force Awakens, and obviously some things are going to feel like, why are they focusing this much on this this old smuggler that I don't know about? <laughs> like, th- it will feel a little odd, but if you didn't have any Star Wars context, I feel like you could watch the new trilogy, too. Well, I think that's what's happened for a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people have gotten on board with this new trilogy, because mm-hmm. Force Awakens was the biggest deal ever when it came out. Yeah. Literally, everyone was seeing it, and I think it got a lot of people on board. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the way that they painted the old characters is really smart because it didn't put the focus on them. Yeah. They were in key roles, but they were in but a role of guiding our new yeah, characters. They've always kind of been about Finn and Poe and, and Ray, of course. Yeah. Less about Ray, but definitely Less mostly about, about Poe. Mostly about Poe. <laughs> He's kind of the main character. Yeah. Um Okay. Okay. Irka so Erica Quell, she's good. <laughs> she is a uh, an ex Imperial who left during Operation Cinder, which is where we started all this stuff. Yes, and, uh, the, and she like yeah. lives in this refugee camp for former Imperials. Traitors Remorse, which Traitors is a Remorse. great name. Oh, it's it is on yeah everyone's nose. Mm-hmm. It's so on the nose. Mm-hmm. But it's good. But the book says this is on the nose, but you know, Yeah, kind of. She's like she didn't like the name when she first moved in. It was kind of on the nose. But yeah, they did after they call being it there out. a couple of weeks, she's like, Okay, well, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, so it's like this shanty town. Yeah. This refugee camp. And 
they don't necessarily get to leave unless the New Republic kind of finds a use for you. Yeah, yeah. The official thing is like, yeah, you're free to leave whenever you want, but but good luck out if there. If you leave, then it's kind of like you know we don't really trust you. Yeah, <laughs> and we might come and get you. Right. We're if you get pulled over, we're gonna be like, hey, why did you yeah. leave that camp that one time? Because this is because it, it's not a prisoner camp because it is full of people who turned against the Empire. Right, like yes. there are people who said, "I don't want to be part of the Empire. I want to be part of the New Republic," and so they have a a semblance of trust in them, but not really. So that's where her story starts. She meets this guy named Karen Aiden. Yes, one of our other alphabets. Yeah, no, he's not an alphabet. He's the leader. Oh no, you're right. He yeah. doesn't fly a ship. Yeah, he's like a, a New Republic intelligence. He's a spy. He kind of sucks. I don't like him. He's mean and bad. Yeah, like him. he's. A I don't boring. trust him. I. I don't know because I haven't gotten to the end of the book, but I have. <laughs> okay. I'm predicting a heel turn from him. Yeah, that would not surprise me because I don't trust him. Yeah, uh, but he's a. Did they? I, I don't know. Remember if they said, but in my head, I've pictured he's the um. Like the Death Stick guy from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I they, don't think he's described as being the Death Stick guy. Not he's not him, but he's described as looking oh, like a normal human, antennas. except he has antennas. No, right. So he's one of those guys. I wonder if there's a drawing of him from like the Marvel series. There could be. But I think he's one of the Death Stick guys. I don't know the name of them. What's his name? Cairn? Cairn Aiden. A-D-A-N. This is not... No. <laughs> Facebook profile. Cairn Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. He's on Facebook. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, Doesn't look anything like a Death Stick guy. <laughs> no, but there. I will say one great thing about this book. Lots of familiar aliens mixed oh, with yeah. lots of new aliens they oh, like yeah. go to the planet abonito <laughs> oh yeah but uh so well, you got your abonitos but they also mention like i wish that it would have been shaped like the abonito head oh that would have been great because <laughs> they're just so ubiquitous <laughs> they just like they look like their home planet what if yeah. we all look like earth <laughs> <laughs> we're all just like round <laughs> blue 70 percent water wait a minute <laughs> oh hang on a second <laughs> anyway do we want to go through all these characters? Yeah, because we're just going to talk about it a little bit. Okay. The next character we meet is someone named Kairos, who's very mysterious. We don't know anything about her. I get Kairos and Karen confused. Yeah. That's Kar why I Karen that. is the jerk who talks. Kairos is the, the jerk who doesn't talk. That's, yeah, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> she, uh, she has a cool mask. She, yeah, she's always in a mask. They don't know what species she is. They don't say. Right. Oh, there's someone outside talking. I'm if like, you, what is uh, that noise? <laughs> if you look her up on Wikipedia, like the species are just like a question mark. Like they don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so they don't reveal it. Uh, I was thinking they might they reveal might it in at this the book. End, but, but they haven't updated the wiki with it. Yeah. Wiki with it. Wiki with it. So she's kind of mysterious. She flies a U-wing. So that's one of the alphabet, which is the, the ships from Rogue One. Oh, yes. The ones that kind of like, they like fold in and out and stuff. Oh, yeah. In different modes. Like a U. They're like a big troop transport more than a, a fighter. But uh, so then there's... A couple other characters that were in these bigger squadrons that all get ambushed and get destroyed. I'm just really briefly running through the plot here. Yeah, yeah. One of them is named Will Lark. He's an A-Wing pilot. Yeah. I like Will. He's a little boring. <laughs> He's a little boring. He's a human. He was at the, the Battle of Endor. He's only 19 years old. This takes place, like, real soon after Endor, after Return of the Jedi. Um, and he's just, like... I, I kind of like that they make him the A-Wing pilot because in all the old 
X-Wing series, like the A-Wing pilots, they were all like these cocky, confident, arrogant oh, jerks, you know, because okay. that's just the type of guy who flies an A-Wing is, you know, they're all about speed and, you mm-hmm. know, we're better than the X-Wings and things like that. So I kind of like they turn that on their head with this one and Will's kind of like quiet and reserved and... He feels like the guy in every war movie that's definitely going to die. Yeah, he's he does like, kind of feel like that. He's like scrawny and like sleeps in his helmet because he's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's it, like i can't hold my gun that's exactly what will is like but he is a, the only survivor of his riot squadron which was an a-wing squadron uh so he joins alphabet squadron uh erica's in the x-wing he's in the a-wing and then you have chas nchada or something mm. like that horchata horchata chas horchata uh and she is a thelin which they have horns on the side of their head and she's right. like pink i think and she has green hair yeah. And she's a B-Wing pilot, which B-Wings are the greatest uh, ships in anything ever. Oh, I was going to have my Lego B-Wing out here while we talked about this oh, episode. what a shame. I'm very disappointed <laughs> in myself that I forgot to bring it out. Riley was looking with such judgment when he was describing the importance of B-Wings. B-Wings are so good. Yeah. Great. I love that episode of Rebels where they- Oh, yeah. Like, they find the- Moncala dude who's like making them. B-Wings are just so cool. Stop stop yelling no, at me. No, I just want everyone to feel the way I feel about B-Wings. Their design is so cool. They're all right. No, the design is so cool how they flip around and like the pilot stays stationary and they're like no, bombers really but cool. also fighters and it's like they're really cool. the best thing that's ever been made. Anyway, Chas, she's kind of a jerk but whatever, I like her. She's a fun jerk. She's the, she listens to music all the time. Like yeah. punk rock music. She's like <laughs> Uh, Pike in the new not Pike <laughs> she's like Captain Kirk in the Captain new Star Kirk, Trek yes. movies yeah she's always blasting Beastie Boys she's like, the one blasting Beastie the Boys Star to Wars kill equivalent. all the guys yes the Star Wars equivalent of Beastie Boys whatever that is yeah Um, what is that the Star Wars equivalent of Beastie Boys well it's not figuring Dan and that's about the only band I can think <laughs> of right now <laughs> I was really hoping there'd be a, a beast a Star Wars creature with beast in the title that we could make fun um, out of we'll add it in post we won't Minoc Boys. <laughs> Have you ever been to a Minoc Boys concert on Ardenian? It's not. <laughs> uh, and then the last guy is Nath Tenzin. Tencent or something like that. Tencent. Tencent. Uh, he's... It's easier to say name. Yeah, Freed. come on, Nath. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's Nath's oh, yeah, fault. I'm blaming Nath, the character, <laughs> not the writer. Nath Tencent, and he is a Y-Wing pilot, and he is... Uh ex-imperial as well but he defected long before uh, operation cinder he's more world weary yeah he's kind of like corrupt in the fact that like his squadron in in the empire they were like doing deals on the side to get extra money and that's oh, why he yeah. left the empire not mm-hmm. because he really had anything against the empire but just like he was gonna get caught and then he went to the new republic and kind of did the same thing mm-hmm. and anyway so that's our main squadron we've got the five pilots the five letters in their ships and That's right uh pretty much this book is just them coming together yeah it's their um, origin story I, the do, the thing i do like is i i really do enjoy all of these characters yeah they're great i like the chemistry between all of them they're they're still not i don't think they're always going they're, they're ever going to like perfectly get together because they're all from super different backgrounds right um but they're an interesting mix of characters i love I think Freed is really good at describing space combat, much in the way like Aaron Alston was with the old X-Wing series. He makes it interesting. I think that has to be one of the harder things to write. It's got to be. Would be just any kind of 
vehicular combat or chase. Right. Yeah. And to make that interesting to like read Which the is why action. my fan fiction was like, there's a chase. <laughs> right. It's hard to do. Your fan fiction that we will get to again because we lost again. that episode. Yeah. It's technically on YouTube. Technically. If you can hear it. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> That's why we didn't <laughs> release it. Turn it up real, real loud. Um, but no, I am. I'm excited for future books. This book was really good. It was really fun. Not nothing really happens in this book. Not unless it happens, happens in the last three hours that I haven't read. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's not like Master and Apprentice where we're gonna do a real deep dive no. into it. But it's just not trying to be that kind of book. And I really am yeah. excited that we have a series happening. Yeah, and Thrawn doesn't count because it's terrible. Oh, that's right. Ugh, they released that picture for the new Thrawn book. It's a great picture. And there's like a hundred chiss in it. And I'm just like, this should be my absolute favorite book of all time. And I just have no interest in reading that. I never even <laughs> finished the second one. I know. I really, I kind of want to try the third one because I feel like the main complaint has been that nothing has happened in these yeah. books. And it's if it's a trilogy, you got to think that's where all the stuff. And that's how the Thrawn trilogy was. I thought like a book with Anakin was going to. Like, I thought that was going to interest me, Anakin and Thrawn teaming up. How was that not interesting? Because it's kind of contrived. Because Timothy Zahn is bad? Is that what it is? Bad, actually. Although I, I want to I read it just to get a lip count. <laughs> How many lips were pursed? Yeah. Wasn't uh, it like 300 or something? It was, throughout it was, the... it was, an, it was an incredible <laughs> amount of lips. Go back and listen to our first New Jedi Order book. Is that where what it was? I, yeah. I, we play a game where I make Riley and Jasmine guess. How many times Timothy Zahn used the word lips, and it's like and hundreds. I, and I thought I was like, <laughs> he said like twenty crazy with twenty five, and, and I was and, like, uh, yeah, you're not even close. Oh man. Anyway, I don't. I just think I'm not going to say Timothy Zahn is a bad writer. No, he's not I don't, a bad writer. I don't think you get to where he is by being a bad writer. He's just a writer that does not connect with me at all. And these these new Thrawn books are the same way. I'm just not connecting with them. Give that man less of a leash and more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because these Thrawn books have happened so quickly, ridiculous length. Yeah, so much detail, but he's hamstringed to such a narrow timeline because yeah. it can't go past Rebels, which mm -hmm. is like because we have to save that mystery for whatever Dave Filoni's working on. Yeah, which I figured that was his way to get around it in um, whatever the second book was called. Right. But then all the Anakin stuff is mainly just like flashbacks, and it's not yeah. really the focus of the book because no. part of it is also in the current timeline. So it's just like it, uh, it just didn't work for me. No, that one was not very well received. Yeah, uh, because it was not well. Written. <laughs> it was not well. <laughs> it was not well. It was unwell. It was a little sick. Uh, but with Alphabet Squadron, yes. would you recommend someone pick this up if they have any interest in in ships? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and it's um, yeah. I really like the setting of it. It's a the Shanty Town is a great location. They go to some interesting planets. Mm -hmm. There's there's good... a Jedi Temple. There's a scene where they're like, "Have Ooh. you gotten to there yet?" Mm, no. The one, a mission we forgot to mention Harrison Dula's in this book, yeah. which is awesome. But My Hera favorite. Hera sends them on a mission to go collect some relics from some old like backwater planet. Turns out it's a Jedi Temple. That's nice. kind of where I'm at right now. So I'm seeing. I'm hoping to see something cool come out of that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and I think that it gets into the Imperial mindset in an interesting way. Yes. Because Eureka and Tencent were both ex-Imperials who became turncoats, but like Tencent came back to the Rebellion like before the first Death Star blew up, I think. Yeah. So he, and, and both of them had the 
story that they wanted to get to the Academy. And I think this is mm-hmm. a way of explaining that weird line in A New Hope. Yeah. But they wanted to get to the Imperial Academy to learn to fly so they could fight for the Rebellion. Yeah. But Eureka just kind of kept on going. She stayed there. And eventually she stopped having a goal and she kind of got wrapped up in the ideology it's, a little bit. It's um, it's an interesting... I, li- I like what you said there because it does give you a little insight into the Imperial... The, your average Imperial soldier's mind which I'm a little hesitant to get lots of times yes. because I don't want to humanize the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the things they do make them make them not human. So, and, and Erica is dealing with a lot of stuff because she stayed in the Empire so long and it took this, like, she even catches herself a couple times with her inner monologue about thinking about the Empire pre- Palpatine's death and post Palpatine's death. She thinks of yeah. those as different things and she has to catch herself sometimes going like, well, when Palpatine was alive, you know, of course there were genocides. Yeah, she, of course like, she Alderaan happened. Yeah, she's like, these things happened, but there was always a reason and there was always, it yeah. needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And then, but like after he died and Operation Cinder was just, you know, that was just too far. Yeah. And she finds out in this book that Cinder was Palpatine's plan, which really changes her perspective. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting seeing the, the way propaganda has completely dominated her thinking process and her trying to change her thinking process during this book. I really like those sections. It's really good. And there's a really good section with her and Tenzin where they're like, they have an interesting perspective on how the rebellion were or how the new Republic works because they were part of the majority, um, before, they feel like they have a different perspective on how the New Republic could be more effective. Like, you know, if it was the Empire, we would have got this done already. Right. Sure, we don't agree with what they did, but the way but they, they did it was yeah. very effective. The trains always ran on time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's seriously yeah. just that, pretty right. much. Like, you know, Hitler was... There's a he haircut was, you can set your watch to. <laughs> yeah. Hitler was bad, of course, but, you know, things were so efficient, how efficient under, the, under Nazi Germany, which is obviously stupid right and 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 but they have that same mindset where they're like yeah i mean things were bad but But at least we got our meals on time all that nuance is is really interesting because especially with bloodline um in the aftermath series they do a good job in this i think do a good job of making it make sense that the first order could rise to power and it's because there were people within the New Republic uh, who felt like things kind of worked out for them under the Empire. Like, hey, you know what? This kind of worked out when the rich guy was in charge. Like, we didn't have as many taxes on our planet and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. blood, Bloodline especially kind of gets into the politics of it. But it it's kind of interesting how people can be like, well, yeah, what they did was wrong, but... Yeah, the way they did it was good, and if we could just do that without all the genocide, then, yeah, then we could fine. totally make it work. And then mm-hmm. you got Snow coming in like, hey, I can make that work for you. And you can see how it can start to yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fascism can rise again. I can't imagine such, such a thing happening. Well, it's a crazy space book. It would never happen, but it, it's an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> it's an interesting thought experiment. <laughs> yes. While Riley's setting up something... Uh, the audiobook is good, like the narration's good, but the book is really detailed and nuanced that I found it hard to follow like during my work day. Like it's not just punchy action and stuff you can tune out even a little bit. You really want to hang on every word. So I, the book version 
much better. Yeah. Read books, kids. Read read your books. Read your- um, I I agree with you. It was it was hard to listen to. Um, the narrator was really good. I enjoyed her. It was no yeah. Mark Thompson. I don't know her name. I'm bad, but uh, she she reads it very well. It's just there's a lot. It's really um dense it's dense and it you know switches point of views a lot yeah so it's easy to like you miss one sentence and you're like gonna and go then on I a completely like, different planet yeah, like i have no time. idea where i am yep. yeah so it's hard to listen to especially when i'm at work and i'm trying to do things i need a little bit of a lighter book right. <laughs> at yeah. work when i'm trying to focus on other things like clifford the big red dog that's all i listen to at work pretty much <laughs> exclusively is clifford the big red <laughs> a dog. lot of people say that you're not getting a lot of that without the pictures <laughs> But you just like the description. I just love this. It's great. When they talk about... The thing about Clifford, yeah. Jake, he's just so big that it's absurd. But if you saw the pictures, I feel like you're not even getting a sense of how big he is. No, but they like describe him. They're like, oh, he's the size of house. And, like, and so like, I can picture it yeah. in my head. Do you and, like not want your imagination to be ruined by what he actually looks right, like? Right, because I, like, I imagine right. that he's like this huge Great Dane. Yeah. Like kind of bluish. Like there's he's a lot blue? of... Yeah, right? What's the title? The title is Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah, isn't Red Dog like a uh, his last name? <laughs> yeah, his, his full name is Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> <laughs> that was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do a dramatic reading. <laughs> this is before the this Alphabet Squadron has formed, and we've got a couple of our heroes. Will Lark is in uh, this uh, a squadron called Riot Squadron, and uh, Chass is in a squadron called Hound Squadron. A-Wing and B-Wing, respectively. Uh, and they're on, on this mission. They're kind of like on a standoff with this Imperial 204th TIE Fighter Squadron, which is where Quell used to... She used to be part of that squadron. Or is it called Darkwing Duck? Shadowing. 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 Shadowing Duck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Shadowing is their nickname, and they've just been like causing a whole lot of problems. It reminds me a lot. There was, um, there was something called the 181st TIE Fighter Squadron in the old old canon okay and they were a big part of the x-wing series like they were kind of the the red barons to our heroes oh, like where they would show up that a lot famous of time. pizza that famous pizza and they were like very um microwave they were as good as like the the good guy squadrons okay they, and microwavable when you would shoot them with blasters <laughs> um and that's kind of what this 204th squadron is in this book. I don't know why you don't just name it the 181st just to make me happy, but right. you know, whatever. Name it the 204th squadron. You There's... have to be original, imaginative, make make something up, different numbers. Wow. We'll get to this Incredible. with Fallen Jedi or Order Star Wars Fallen. But we'll get there. Sometimes I wish they would just make things things that make we already things have. Make things a thing that we know. Why why are we making a new guy? Why it's just like Kyle another Kestis? guy. Just make Kanan Kestis. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Why is Cal in this game? Why is Cal Who is here? this guy? What is he doing here? Why is he a human? Why does he look like the Joker from Gotham? <laughs> <laughs> we may never know. Yeah, we may never know. Uh, so this dramatic reading, we have these two Re- New Republic squadrons kind of at a standstill in this like uh, gas cloud in space with, with the 204th TIE Fighter Squadron who they've had like many encounters with. They don't know this squadron, but they've got like nicknames for them all. There's one called like Blink. Because only one of his blaster cannons works. I thought it was because he had 182 blasters. Blink. Yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but they all have like their different nicknames, but they've obviously never met these these TIE fighter pilots. So uh, we're going to do a dramatic reading of this standoff 
where they're kind of it reminds me of that story of like World War One. You've got these two sides in the trenches mm-hmm. and they're just kind of sitting there waiting for things to happen, waiting for someone to make the first move. No man's land. No man's land. And that's kind of what's going on in space in these in these things. Yeah, so no man's sky. No man's sky. Good game. Hey. I like they it. They turned that one around. They really did turn that one around, and it is a great game now. Good for you sh- them. You should go play it. I know. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. So they're all all the all of our heroes are kind of like talking back and forth, reading poetry, singing songs over their comms while they're just like waiting for mm-hmm. something to happen. Three hours in, with no news from the dare and no movement from the Imperial cruiser carrier, Will adjusted the frequency on his comm. Sadanique was boasting about his romantic conquests again, but Will had heard it all before. He didn't tune Satanique out, he merely began a new, unencrypted broadcast, transmitting into the nameless star system where they drifted. Hello? He stared into the darkness and the fog. He couldn't see the Imperial cruiser carrier, though every glimmer of dust resembled a distant TIE fighter. My name's Will. Tell me the waiting's not getting to you, too. Sadanik had stopped talking. All of Riot Squadron had stopped talking. They were listening to him, and they didn't interrupt or activate their jammers. We just spent the last hour telling stories, Will said. But we know each other pretty well, and we could use a fresh voice or two. He squeezed his eyes shut, tried to imagine the Thai pilots in their flight suits listening to his voice. You missed the singing. I swear, I don't have any plan here. We all know we're going to go back to fighting, but... Unless your ship's about to start moving, what would it hurt to talk? You're an idiot, Will Lark. It was Chass's voice, followed by Skitcher's laughter, all of it on the open channel. Maybe, he thought, but I tried. Another hour passed before a smooth, low voice punctuated by static said, Will Lark. Will tuned out Chass and Satanique's flirtations and startled upright in his harness. I'm still here. A-wing or B-wing? A-wing. Identifying markings? I clipped one of you a few days back, scraped up my canopy, almost broke it. He was trembling, but he couldn't help smiling. Almost lost the cannon in the same fight. I saw. I've only got one cannon left myself. Blink, Will thought. He was talking to Blink. He didn't quite restrain the laugh. (laughs) It's really good to meet you. Even under the circumstances. Especially under the circumstances. Will had never talked to a Thai pilot before. He barely talked to any Imperial troops. They hadn't proud Polinius at like they had his friend's worlds, and Riot Squadron hadn't been given many chances to fraternize with its enemies. So many of his friends were dead because of Blink and Blink's friends. So, you ever hear the myths about the Oridor Cluster? I haven't. Tell me everything. He checked his scanner and set Riot's channel to low volume. Blink spoke slowly, shaping words with a craftsman's lazy confidence. The Tigradani people. That's a culture, not a species. They said Oridor was on the face of one of their gods, back in the days when gods were still something to be feared, before we learned to kill planets on our own. Will couldn't tell the pilot's species, human he assumed, or gender. He couldn't picture a face beneath the Imperial flight mask. They were wrong, of course, but their descendants, called the Tagratel, sent hundreds of ships into the cluster over the courses of centuries. They still revered the cluster in their way. During these long journeys, they experienced strange hallucinations. The light of Oridol sun scattered and refracted by cosmic dust crept into the ships and into the optic nerves of the travelers, into the eyes and into the brain. Sometimes the Tagratel imagined the Oridol gods speaking to them. Sometimes they heard the voice of their dead or saw the dust coming to swallow them. 
but most often they dreamed of their own hearts pumping blood and of blossoms bursting from tree branches. That's how the Tiger Tale came to conclude that the Orador Cluster was alive. Not a god, but a vast, organic thing of dust and gas and energy, with a brain of starlight and crystal limbs. They would have said you and I are inside a life form, and that all our battles are meaningless next to its vast antiquity. Will heard no joy in Blink's voice. No wonder. It, it's a beautiful myth. You're gonna rot here, Will Lark. Will's breath caught. Blink kept speaking. The Oridol God passes judgment on those who enter, and you and your comrades have been tested. You're going to be food in its guts, and if it bothers you think your enemies don't want to talk, you can believe this is the voice of the cluster's... The calm filled with static. Will turned his dials with fumbling hands until the sound abruptly dissipated. Ten-second chamber burst. Figured I'd cut off the signal for you. Renunja said. No one worth talking to out there. Will found that he agreed. Thanks, he said. You all right? I'm fine. I really am. Blink didn't speak again, but not long afterward, the enemy began broadcasting a series of imperial marches and propaganda lectures. Will didn't tune to the open channel again. No star system will bear the Emperor now. We will then crush the rebellion with one swift I really liked that section. That's like really great. I really liked like, <laughs> really, really good. Will reaching out to these Imperials because like he, it's just the, the the rebel mindset. You know, they've been there talking, you know, having fun, sharing poems, singing songs, telling stories, and they Will's just thinking, you know, the Imperials, they gotta be just like us. They have to be, you know, doing the same thing that we're doing. And mm -hmm. so he like reaches out to them. And I just love like the heel turn. You think that this this blink, this tie pilot is there to, you know, trying to make that connection, and then he just turns it on him, and he's like, "Nah, you're gonna die here. We're gonna kill you." Right. Here's the Imperial March. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really fantastic section, oh, and I I feel like rules. the dialogue in this book is really good, yeah. and there is a little bit of a mythical quality. I love mm -hmm. that section of him talking about the Orion cluster. Oh, it's that just, that story is so good. great. Where the like the history of this cluster, where they the people thought that it was alive and that they were on the face of a god. And then they realized it's not a god, but it's kind of alive. And it's like, you're going to rot here. Yeah. <laughs> god, that section rules. Uh, this is a good book. It's a good book. Uh, we haven't finished it, not because it's a bad book, but no. I just think, I, I know, I just ran out of time. And, yeah, and yeah. partly, I do... I do listen to a lot of books at work, and this one is just hard to listen to because it is so dense. Um, but that section, I actually stopped working, and I really paid attention to that section when it started because it was yeah. really good. So yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, anyway, Probably even better when we read it. it was, yeah, it was definitely our version was much better. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alphabet Squadron, good book. Good book. Uh, I'm not going to give it an official rating because I haven't finished it. No, I give it an unofficial out of three. Yes, I do too. I give it an unofficial plus out of three. I've been wanting another X-Wing series ever since the Disney buyout, and yeah. uh, we're finally getting my, my ship series, and I really like ships. Yeah, it's and it's a good good start. Good start. I'm excited to see what they do you know, in the next book now mm -hmm. that the team is established, Yep, and uh, they can just kind of get into the action. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a delight. And you know what we didn't say, I don't think, is that it takes place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Yeah. Which we still don't have a ton of info on. So yeah. it's just it's nice to have more More in this stuff. era. Yeah. This Hera. This Hera. It is it does I think it it's like 
I think at some point they say it's like four years after the first Death Star, um, which places it like a year after Return of the Jedi. So things are still very fresh. I was a little disappointed. It's kind of the thing where I'm just like, I don't just, I don't know, just throw a wedge in there a little bit. He doesn't have to be part of I Alphabet Squadron. I was wondering but what like, you think about that. We got Hera, There's which I'm nothing glad from of. Wedge though. There's no wedge. Um, and the timeline might work out to the fact where he's with he might be captured the, um, right now aftermath yeah, yeah yeah he could be and that's probably why he's not there but like th- there are every once in a while they'll mention a character and i'm like why can't you just make that character taiko Selchu? why'd you have to make a new one <laughs> like you know the, yeah. the x-wing series is one of my favorite star wars series and i'm just like you could have made that guy t- kel tainer but you didn't <laughs> You specifically chose not uh, specifically to fan service me. Yeah, I know. You could have made him Noara Venn. I'm just going to name all the pilots I from Rogue Squadron. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, but, I know exactly who that is. But I do like these new characters, so that's its only saving grace. I guess I'll be fine waiting to get Tycho Selchu some other time. I think that's the thing for, like, if you're a new writer... You could finally make your stamp on Star Wars. You want to make your own characters. You don't yeah. want to be like, oh, I'm going to drag Not me. Up. I'm no. a, see, and that's the thing. I, I am more than happy to steal. And I think, well, and I think it's clear that, and I think this is a good thing. I think it's clear they're not hiring Star Wars fans as writers. They're hiring good writers. Right. I don't know Alexander Freed's backstory, and maybe he is the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but I'm going to probably bet he never read the old X-Wing series. He's mm. just a good writer that they wanted to to write this book. Yeah. And that's fine, because, you know, hire good writers first and fo- foremost, but... um it would be nice for like a fan who's also a good writer to write a book so that he can put Tycho Sochu in it. Right. In Noir. Like Brian Young. All right. Well, that's it for this. <laughs> that's it for this week's episode. No, I don't want Brian Young to write a book, please. Lion Young. <laughs> Cub. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, that is. Hey, go see uh, The Lion King in theaters soon. And that's really what we're trying to that's say That's really whole time. what we're trying to say. Disney shilling it up. Yeah, um, like Brian, like Brian Young, <laughs> right? Full circle. All right, that's it for Alphabet Squadron. We're going to talk about something else now. This has been Grand Moff talking. Sure, delicately so. curated, long form discussion. Oh, follow us on Twitter, send us emails, that kind of stuff. It's we never do that anymore. Right? Yeah, it's all Grand Moff talking. Rate us on iTunes. Please, do iTunes that. is going away. So where are they going to rate us? Well, it's the podcast app. Okay, rate us on the podcast app. iTunes has your had podcasts for a while. All right, rate us on your podcast app. Has that choice. been the problem? As we've been telling people to rate us on iTunes, and they go on <laughs> iTunes and we're not there. <laughs> That's probably the problem. But then they're like, "Wait, how am I listening to this?" Oh, it's all life is confusing. It's true. A delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, Jake. Hello. That's it. I, I, we need that third person because just saying Riley and Jake, I don't Feels like Feels like it. we might not, we yeah. might as well not even say our names. Right. What does it matter? I'm not going to say my name from now on. Nope. Not next time, we're not going to say our names. Bye. Bye. right into the florian you're supposed to be if that's what you're doing then we're good to go that sounds that sounds okay yeah right sounds good okay good
Don't move your head from that spot all day. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a confession. Okay. Should I save it for the air? I think it's going to be the same as my confession. Did we not finish this book? No, okay. I didn't finish it. Yeah. Do, do we pivot to something else, or do we just keep talking do, about all Alphabet Squadron? Let's just talk like real briefly about it, Okay. and then just pivot into Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Or as I'm going to definitely call it, Fallen, Fallen Jedi, Jedi Order. Order. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars colon Jedi colon Fallen Order is what this title is. Continuing Great. terrible Star Great. Wars titles. And it really is a follow-up to <laughs> Jedi Outcasts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Apparently the National are playing here on Monday. Oh. Yeah. I like the National. Didn't I they just have a new album? I haven't yeah, listened to it. Yeah, I don't love it. it. I it's, haven't listened to it. It's just too heavy and sad. Oh, really? Even for them. I kind of wanted them to go back to heavy and sad because after their you last might... one, it was like... Yeah, it's, I mean, it definitely sounds more like their old stuff. It's more like High album. Violet, because that's like the epitome. That's like what I love. That's my favorite that's of theirs, I too. I saw them on that tour, oh, and it great. was great, because I liked all their albums up until that point, and then I didn't love the last one, and this one is good, but it's just like so... It's, it's just like, we're sad again now. Yeah, it's really like, sad. We're back to being sad. <laughs> <laughs> After that one, it was almost like pop album in, in subspots, yeah. the last one. This is not that. Oh, well, maybe I'll check it out. Then. violins and sad duets <laughs> with some sad lady. Oh. Yeah. Sounds like Vampire Weekend. Yeah, it actually is a little bit of that. <laughs> the Dirty 30. Dirty 30. It's and terrible. I'll, so I'll be in my naughty 90s. My, knee, my knees hurt all the time. <laughs> I uh, also do have joint pain, but that's uh, unrelated because of my brittle bones. Yeah. You're, you're Mr. Glass. <laughs> yes. They call me Mr. Glass. <laughs> Great movie. Glass or Unbreakable? Just Glass. I hate Unbreakable. <laughs> I've never seen Glass. No, I haven't either. Or Split. Christina watched it, though, and said that it was good. We liked Split. Mm. It was okay. You know, I think we talked for a oh, long boy. time, actually. We did talk. Do you I... want to save Jedi Order for Jedi? Let's say that because okay. I... Because I, let's save Jedi <laughs> Order, Jedi Fall Star Wars, because I want to... Uh, <laughs> we can do, like, maybe a little mini episode, because we got time. What time...